So, uh, Luke chapter 15. Last week we started a sermon. It's in our Each One Reach One uh, series about evangelism. This whole year for us is about evangelism, uh, learning about our faith, learning how to share our faith, and learning, most importantly, the importance of sharing our faith and the responsibility we have. We went through the Great Commission. We talked about the Great Commission and how important it is that we have an understanding individually, and then not just an understanding, but we understand that it is our responsibility to share our faith. It is incumbent upon us as followers of Christ to share our faith with everyone that we are given the opportunity to do so with. And as I started this message last week, I spent some time talking about what was behind this message, what, uh, what brought this on. Uh, I've had a lot of conversations over the last several months with individuals, with Christians, who, in my estimation, have lost the understanding of what the true purpose of being a Christian is and what the true purpose of the church is. And we see that, I believe, nationwide. The, the church has kind of lost its way in what we are here for. Um, and we'll, we'll, we're not going to review everything I talked about, but I'll say this. The church is not here to make a political statement. The church is not here to win a presidential election. And I said this last week, and, and for those of you who are, are guests with us today, I want, you to, I want to put this on the table right off the bat. I am very honest and open. I don't usually hold back. Um, I say what, ask Lewis. I mean, we, we talk in the gym. I'm, I'm, I'm known as a talker, um, and I talk. Um, and I, I will, I'm not going to fight or battle people over things, but if I believe something to be true, I'm going to stand up for it. And when it comes to the word of God, when it comes to the church, when it comes to our mission as Christians, as followers of Jesus, I believe it's incredibly important that we understand what that truly is and just as importantly, what that isn't. And what, I've, what, I, what this message is, is uh, 10 things that one lost soul is more important than. The importance of one lost soul. We're in Luke chapter 15. Let me read Verses 3 through 7. It's the parable of the one lost sheep. So he told them this parable. What man among you who has a, has a hundred sheep and loses one of them does not leave the ninety-nine in the open field and go after the lost one until he finds it? When he has found it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and coming home, he calls his friends and neighbors together saying to them, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who don't need repentance. At this time, Jesus was attracting crowds, but not normal crowds. He was attracting crowds that religious leaders of the time didn't like, didn't care for. They were crowds that uh, were not truly welcome in the church at that time. They were what the Bible calls sinners. They were people who lived lives that weren't exactly what the leaders of the synagogue were looking for. They didn't give the right impression. He was attracting broken people. He was attracting the outcasts. He was attracting dysfunctional people. He was attracting people with a past. He was attracting the people that weren't... Uh, weren't the, the desirable ones to have as the poster children of your church. 
And he wasn't just attracting them. He was befriending them. He was sitting down and having lunch, having meals, breaking bread with them. He was talking with them. He was laying his hands on them and healing them. The religious leaders didn't like that. Jesus was making a connection with these people with the purpose of sharing his love with them. But the religious people liked the status quo. They liked their religion and they liked their tradition. In other words, they were very comfortable with their 99, right? They were very comfortable with their 99. They were very comfortable with, with the way the church was. It was an us for and no more mentality. We don't really want to, listen, we've got enough here. We don't really need to reach out to those kind of people because uh, there's a lot of reasons that we're not going to get into, but let's just suffice it to say they're not what uh, really makes our church wheels turn. But they were what caused the compassion of Jesus to overflow. He reached out to the unwanted, the undesirable, the dysfunctional, the hurting, the broken. And if we're honest, every one of us falls into one of those categories. This parable, he references a lost sheep, one in need of help and direction, a sheep that is wandering without a compass or a map. And he says that a good and loving shepherd will leave the 99 safe sheep to go search for the one sheep that is lost because that lost sheep matters. That is what we need to understand. I think that's what the heart of this parable is about. The one lost sheep matters. You've got 99. Last week I, I mentioned if, if you were to get a 99 on a test when you were in school, you'd have been very happy, right? You'd been very happy to get a 99 because a 99 is a great grade. But when it comes to souls, when it comes to individuals, if there's 100 and we have 99, the 99 is not enough. It's not enough for Jesus, and it shouldn't be enough for us. So what this message is, as I said, is a message about the importance of one lost sheep. The big idea is that one person matters. Now, let me repeat the caveat that I gave last week about these 10 things that I'm going to list, because this is not an angry message, okay? I want you to understand. This is not an angry message. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm not trying to pick on anybody. I'm not trying to point anything out um, about people's lives. I don't do that. That's not my style, okay? I pray about my messages, spend a lot of time praying and searching the scriptures, try to get God's leading on it. And this was definitely one of those messages where God said, man, this is, this is what I want, John. And I said, are you sure? Because this is going to sound kind of harsh to people. And I want you to understand, this is not an angry message. It's not a picking on people message. This is, I was telling Aaron as I was talking about it, the, the message is titled, The Importance of One Lost Soul. But it could have easily, I could have easily given it the title, The Importance, uh, give, Giving the Church a Spiritual Reset. Because I think right now, in the church in America, we need to hit the reset button and get ourselves back to what is truly important. You'll understand as I, as I go through the message what I'm talking about. We got through two points, and my goal is to get through all ten today, uh, the last eight. Um, but most of these things on this list are not wrong. In fact, oh, they're not wrong. These things are not wrong. But when they're out of priority, when, they're prior when, they, when they take priority over what it is to be a Christian, now we've lost focus, and now we've lost our way. The first one was this. The one that one lost soul matters more than your politics. Amen. That one lost soul matters more than your politics. 
said it last week. We are considered an evangelical church. The uh, Baptists, Assemblies of God, Pentecostals, all those uh, groups would fall into evangelicals, those who believe that Jesus died for our sins. We must accept them as our personal Savior in order to gain eternal life, to receive the free gift of eternal life. That's being, the, and, and we have a responsibility to tell them. That's a, being an evangelical. And if you were to poll Americans today and you ask them, what, what, what party, I almost gave it away. What party do evangelical Christians support in America today? It would be the Republican Party. Absolutely. Uh, I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat either. Uh, and I don't really care what your politics are. Your politics are yours. You, are, you have the right to have your politics as an American citizen. In fact, our church, is, we don't talk a lot about it here, but I know our church is pretty much divided right down the middle. We have people on both sides, yet we come together and do something, and, and God is blessing this church with amazing growth over, the last, over these last two and a half years because I believe we focus on what's important. One lost soul and the importance of one lost soul. That's what each one reach one is all about. So that one lost soul is more important than your politics. The second one was this. That one lost soul matters more than your cause. Matters more than your cause. Whatever that cause is. There are worthy causes to get involved in today. But if your cause takes priority over your mission to reach people with the gospel of Christ, then you've got your priorities out of whack. That brings us to number three. That one lost soul matters more than your issues. That one lost soul matters more than your issues. The number one dividing point of churches today is not doctrine. It's not theology. It has nothing to do with those things. You know what the number one dividing issue in, in total now in churches is today? Issues. Issues. Well, I don't like the music. Okay? All right. Sorry about that. But you know what? We've got over 200 people at New Life. And our worship team can't please everybody. And we're not going to design, and, and we're not going to design our service every Sunday based on the issues of people and what they like and don't like. We are going to spend time, uh, Bob and Zach, uh, pray about what God would have them uh, have as a set list. I have no input usually on that. It's not my, that's not my role. I've, I've got people that, I've got people. <laughs> I've got, there's a team that takes care of that. And they put together the worship set. As God leads them and as they pray. That's what's important. And let me just say this uh, about that, because I'm not, this isn't about just music, but a mature, true follower of Christ can worship to any style of Christian music. You can find, listen, I could walk into a church that is very, um, what we would say, old school, a church that sings hymns. I was, I was raised on the hymns. I grew up on the hymns. I could say, I, Southern gospel, psh, give me some... Uh, Give me some uh, uh, Gaither vocal band. Love the Gaither vocal band. But I also love Toby Mack. I had third day. Bring them back. Get back together third day. Right? 
A mature Christian can worship to any style. So issues, I, I pointed music out because that's an issue for people. You know what else is an issue for people? Chairs in an auditorium. You know what else is an issue for people? Anybody have a coffee in their hand right now? Or on their, hold up your coffees, hold them high. Hold them high, yeah, that's right, that's right. Praise God, welcome to new life, have a coffee. Got a donut? Yes, yeah, donuts are, it's good donuts too, man. Those were donut dip donuts, right? And I'm low carb in it right now because Goodyear showed up and offered me a contract to fly over football games. I figured it was time to lose weight. Uh, <laughs> All right. Listen, and walking by those, those donut dip donuts, that was tough. I'm proud of myself. Walk by those without taking one. But listen, uh, we're all going to have issues, right? We're all going to have things that we don't agree on. We're all going to thing, have things that are not necessarily our taste or the way we would do them. Here's my response. So what? So what? Can you still worship God? Can you still find the good in what is going on? Can you still get behind the cause of Jesus Christ through your church? Because that's what matters. Here at New Life, our, our Easter egg hunt, it's not about kids finding candy. It's about reaching out and building a bridge between us and our community, us and our neighbors, to show them that we are not people that handle snakes and bite heads off of goats. That we're just normal people that live in your neighborhood that love Jesus and want to reach our community with Jesus Christ. And through that, we get to meet them, get to know them. When they're in crisis, they call us. Or when they just want to visit a church, many times they come and visit us. That one lost soul matters more than your issues. Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 25. Then he said to them all, if anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life because of me will save it. For what does it benefit someone if he gains the whole world and yet loses or forfeits himself? Man, there's a lot of tiny churches around here that get everything done their way. And they're run by people that get things done their way. And they have zero impact and zero influence. And they don't do anything in the community. They don't reach people for Jesus Christ. But hallelujah, they get things done their way. Man, that's not what it's about. It's not what it's about. One lost soul is more important than your issue. Are you willing to die daily to your desires and get behind the cause of Christ? Important things are things that align with correct principles from the word of God. And remember this, 100% agreement is not possible with a group this size. Truly, it's not. We're not going to agree on everything. You could bring it down to sports, which I usually try to do, because baseball is life, right? We have Red Sox fans. We have some sinners who need to be saved who are Yankees fans, <laughs> right? Um, we have God's specially chosen elected people who are Dodgers fans, and God smiles brightly on them. Thank you, Lord. And there are some others scattered around who, any Mets fans? I'm wondering who that one person is that's a Mets fan. Just, um, 
But we all, we all have, <laughs> quiet, quiet, Charlie. That's, that's just a minor matter, minor issue. No, it's just a small thing, okay? Now I'm off. But, but even with something as, as simple as sports, we're not going to have 100% agreement. And in a church setting like this, you may like something some way, somebody else may like something another way. We've got to learn to come to an understanding of this. Not that we've got to come to, we don't, listen, the most important thing is not that we learn to compromise. The most important thing to realize is that one lost soul is more important than your issue. And because that one lost soul is more important than your issue, you need to compromise. Does that make sense? Because that one lost soul is more important than the way you want things done, you need to be willing to compromise. I do. We all need to. Number four is this, that one lost soul matters more than your opinion. The one lost soul matters more. Listen, you're entitled to your opinion. Everybody, and it doesn't make, your opinion is yours, all right? I would not degrade your opinion. I would not put your opinion down, tear it apart, because everybody's entitled to your opinion. Our opinions usually come from our life experiences. Our opinions usually come from uh, the way we have been raised, where we're from. Up here in New England, we have a very different, we have a very different set of opinions, right? Even from the regions, you, you ask uh, Antonio, we, you ask him about coffee and he'll tell you Americans don't drink coffee, right? <laughs> Americans, Americans drink kind of, it's flavored water, right? And if you've ever had Anto our, our Brazilian friends, um, they say, Antonio said this to me, America runs on Duncan, Brazil flies on coffee, right? <laughs> yeah, wow, if you want to get your yard done, quickly drink some of their coffee. Wow, it's crazy. Listen, everybody has their opinion, and you're entitled to your opinion. There's nothing wrong with your opinion until your opinion becomes more important to you than the calling of reaching this world with Jesus Christ. When your opinion is more important on how things should be done, on how things should be run, on you know, how, what people should wear to church. And when your opinion matters more to you and is more important to you than that one lost soul that God has called you to reach, then you're wrong. Then you've lost your way. Then you need to hit the reset button and remember what it is you've been called to do. You have, check this out, you have not been called to be right. Yeah, that wasn't good. You have not been called to be right. You have been called to follow Jesus and reach people with his love. Titus 2, uh, verses, chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. This saying is trustworthy. I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed God might be careful to devote themselves to good works. These are good and profitable for everyone, but avoid foolish debates, genealogies, quarrels, and disputes about the law because they are unprofitable and worthless. Those are the things that we've been commanded to avoid. Avoid those silly issues because they're unprofitable and worthless. They don't advance the kingdom of God. They divide us. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, know him and he will make your paths straight. 
God is more concerned about your integrity than is your opinion. God is more concerned about your passion for souls than he is about your opinion. And I'll guarantee you, if you get your passion for souls right with God and get it in on his plan, everything else will fall into place. Number five, that one lost soul matters more than your personal desire. That one lost soul matters more than your personal desire. Matthew 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters, since either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That one lost soul matters more than your own personal desire. When I went to, when I went to Bible college, um, man, the freshman class at Bible college was always big. And a lot of, lot of guys were in there uh, ready to uh, learn how, you know, they're, they're in the pastoral program or in the, the, uh, the missions program. And their, their goal in life, their, their, their reason for being there was to learn how to be a pastor. But not everybody was there for the right reasons. Some were there because they were God called into the ministry and others were there because they were mama called in the ministry. Or they were grandpa and grandma called. I ha I, you have no idea how many guys I went to college with my freshman year whose grandparents said, if you go to Bible college, I'll pay for it. Okay? You're going there for the wrong reason. Right? You're, you're not there for the right reason. Some people want to be something, but it's not what they're called to be. It's their personal desire. It's not their calling. And that one lost soul matters more than your personal desire. You may want to be something in the church that somebody else has been called to be. You can't be. You have to be what God has called you to be. Matthew uh, 6.24 tells us that the will of God will never violate the word of God. The will of God will never violate the word of God. You may want to do something your own way, yet it's not the way the Bible says things should be done. Understand the will of God will not violate the word of God. God is never going to call you to do something against his word, against his clear scriptural teaching, so that you can help to build the kingdom of God. My dad uh, used an illustration, you told a story, it was a true story. Uh, of a woman, this is back in, I think it was the 70s, a woman who claimed to be a stripper for Christ. Come on, seriously? So, I mean, that's, that really is an out outrageous illustration, but it's a true one, okay? Right, am I right, Dad? Absolutely. That's, that's silly, that's ridiculous. God is not going to call you to do something that violates his word implicitly to get things done. It is never right to do wrong to get a chance to do right, right? You do not have to make up for what you think God's word lacks. God's word doesn't lack. You know what it boils down to? You just don't want to be obedient to God's calling and God's way. That's just flat honesty. If you will get your obedience, if you will bring your heart into obedience to the way of God, God's will will lead you where he wants to take you. And you'll be profitable and fruitful. Following Jesus means that your life matches your faith. Following Jesus means that your life 
matches your faith. Following Jesus means that his work of salvation doesn't stop with you. That you're not simply saved and satisfied, as we used to say. But there's always, always a reason to live for him because somebody needs to hear a gospel message. <laughs> Ambition instead of evangelism leads to failure as a follower. Let me say that again. Ambition instead of evangelism leads to failure as a follower. Number six, that one lost soul matters more than your feelings. That one lost soul matters more than your feelings. Philippians 2, 3, we discussed this on Wednesday night. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. We like to say that new life is a drama-free zone, right? We don't, we don't bring drama into the church. We just don't do it. It's, it's not a good look. It's not a good thing. It's not what God has called us to do. Now, we will... We, will deal with it. I'll sit down and talk with anybody about issues, but you can talk about problems and situations and life challenges without getting dramatic. Okay, you really can. You, you, let me just put this out there again. Melvin and I talk about this a lot. One way to stop the drama in your life is to stop living your life on Facebook. Seriously, man. Or those of you who are under 25, whatever, Snapchat. Or whatever these, I don't need, yeah, even, even um, Twitter. Stop. Stop. Just stop. I, yeah, just stop. Not everybody, not everybody needs to know your business. Not everybody wants to know your business. And let me tell you, can I just be honest here? When you put your business out there, other people talk about your business. Okay? That's just the fact of the matter. You are the topic of, am I right, Lewis? You are the topic of discussion with many people. When you put your business out there on Facebook, on Twitter, on whatever, you are the topic of discussion. Don't think that you're just venting out there. You want to vent, vent to God. Go to him in prayer and talk to him about the matter. Find yourself a friend, a godly friend who you can sit down and talk with. But man, I'm telling you what, you're doing yourself and nobody else a favor by living your life on social media. You're just not. That one lost soul matters more than your feelings. Romans 1, 16 and 17 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and also to the Greek, for in, the, in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, just as, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Spiritual growth is from step of faith to step of faith, not by expression of feelings to expression of feelings. We've, we've gotten to the point in the church today where it is about making people feel happy. Listen, we don't, we don't allow... We, I, I, hate, I hate that phraseology there because it's your church. If you want to have a coffee in here, have a coffee in here. But I know there's some churches that have signs up. Please, nothing more than water. And I said this before, I'll say it again. The day we get more concerned about a stained chair than we do about a stained life is the day that we've lost our understanding and purpose and mission as a follower of Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen, man, I'll take coffee stains all day long if we're winning people to Christ. 
seriously. Spiritual growth comes about when you are willing to take a step of faith. But we've changed things. We want people to feel good about themselves. Pastors are now calling themselves life coaches. I'm the wrong guy. Okay? Seriously, I am the wrong guy to be your life coach. You, you just, no. No, 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 no. I'll talk to you about spiritual things, but ask my seven-year-old twin boys. You know, we talk to them about, about touchy-feely feeling. Now, I love my boys. Well, I, I love my sons to death, and I want them to understand because they come from a tough background. Uh, they were foster kids. Um, but I'll tell you what, my boys are never, as long as I'm their dad and Aaron is their mom, they're never going to be, they're never going to get away with using being a foster kid as an excuse. Okay? That may help be how you started, but God has blessed me to be their father, and we have given them an opportunity. God has given them an opportunity through us and through this church. By the way, this, this week, for those of you who are here, this week, five years ago, we first met Gabriel and Michael. Is that crazy? Five years ago, we, we was, remember the first time we met them? Okay? Uh, my boys are, are, are going to learn that it's not about how you feel about things. You take responsibility for your actions. We're working on that right now. We have twins. Twins, it's a beautiful thing, but it's a challenge, Jess, right? Jonathan and Mary, yeah. Because twins, as I've said before, there's no pecking order, and they blame each other, man. You'll get to that when they start talking. They blame each other. And they, I mean, it's just like any siblings, but... My job is to get them to understand, listen, guys, you need to own your issue. You need to own your life. You need to own your actions. You did something wrong, okay, let's move on. Let's move on from it. You, your character is more important than your feelings. And in church, when it comes to our faith, when our, our walk as a Christian, your feelings do not determine your spiritual growth. Your steps of faith do. I'll go ahead and say this. Stop being offended by everything that happens. Can we, do, can we just stop that, Christians? Can we stop getting offended by everything somebody says? Stop getting offended by something, by something, by everything somebody does. My goodness. Yeah. How about this? Stop being offended. Put on your armor and fight the battle. For those of us who were in the military, um, I know that there was a time in the military, it was after I got out and after most of us served, where they had stress cards for the, yeah, for the soldiers. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, they did. And if you were feeling stressed by the drill sergeant, you could hold up the card and basically you would get a timeout. Oh. <laughs> staff Sergeant Huddicourt was, uh, was my staff sergeant. Six foot six, master blaster, uh, combat veteran. Yeah, he would laugh at my stress card. And yeah, yeah, they didn't care about those things. 
right? No, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, put your armor on, Christian, and fight the battle. Put your armor on and fight the battle. Number seven, that one lost soul matters more than your rights. And that's a big deal today, right? Everybody's rights. I'm fighting for my rights. Micah 6.8, mankind, he has told each of you what is good and what, is, what, the Lord, what it is the Lord requires of you, to act justly, to love faithfulness, and to walk humbly with your God. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, pay careful attention then to how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is, not what your rights are, what the Lord's will is. Ecclesiastes 12, 13, the end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Nowhere, nowhere will you find the Bible say, stand up and fight for your rights. You're just not going to find it. Last week, we talked a little bit about social justice. Listen, I believe in, equal, in, in equality. I truly do. But Jesus was not a social warrior. He was not a social justice warrior. He just wasn't. You, you won't find it in scriptures. You won't be able, if you're going to take scripture in context, you will not be able to prove that point that he was. You're just not. And let me say this. The Bible is filled with heroes who did not have freedom or what the world would call today human rights. The Bible's filled with people like that. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. My shack, your shack, and a bungalow, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those dudes, I have, I have the right to worship my God. Yeah, no, you don't. We're going to throw you in the furnace. What happened, man? God was glorified, and Jesus met them in the fire. Joseph, one of the greatest heroes of the Jewish nation, of the, of the faith of the one true God. Joseph had no, no freedom and no human rights and no civil rights. His brothers sold him into slavery, for crying out loud. He was a slave, and then what happened? He got a little position, and he was lied about, and thrown in prison again. Listen. And I'm not saying people should be treated terribly. Don't get me wrong. Don't, don't miss the point. The point is when we are more concerned about fighting for, free, for, 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 people's, for our rights or other people's rights than we are about reaching people in the gospel, we've missed the point of what it means to be a Christian. You can spend your life fighting, listen to this, it's going to be a harsh statement, but it's true. You can spend your life fighting for civil rights and equality and get it and watch millions of people die and go to hell because of it. Lots of free people will spend eternity in hell because people did not, were, were more concerned about civil rights and, and human rights than they were about the right to hear about Jesus Christ. And I know that I know that 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 grinds some of you the wrong way and you may not like what I just had to say but think about it. I am not I please I'm not against anything. Please don't I'm I'm not against standing up for what is right. But what I'm saying is this, when our priority is to work to is to work for our rights. Ladies, 
I am all for women being equal, equal pay for equal work. I'm all for equality. Hey, I'll vote for a woman if, she want, if she's the best candidate for president. No doubt about it. But let me tell you, when I'm already this deep in, I might as well keep going. <laughs> right? When you're, more when you're more concerned about the Me Too movement than you are about the lost and dying people in this world, you've lost the point of being a Christian. And I know that doesn't sit well with you, but think about it. I'm, I'm a supporter of women's rights. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm more a supporter of is telling people the truth about their eternal soul. And when I get distracted by any political movement, more than I put into reaching people with the gospel, I've missed the point. Many of God's champions would be considered victims today instead of overcomers for the glory of God. Number eight, quickly, that one lost soul matters more than your religious tradition. That one lost soul matters more than your religious tradition. The message of Jesus Christ never changes, but the methods we use to reach people does. And if we're not willing to change our methods to reach the community that we're called to reach, then once again, we're missing the point of being called to the ministry of reconciliation. We, perfect example, Osvaldo and Flavia and Antonio are willing to, to, to start this Bible study to reach the, the Brazilian-speaking people and Portuguese-speaking people. We can, we can hem and haw and say all day that we, we, I can't reach them, I don't speak Portuguese. They do. So let's as a church get behind this and say, pray for them, support them, do what we need to do so that they can reach those, they can help us to reach our community. It may not be in our tradition or our style or our way, but they're doing it. And we need to get behind it, whether in pretense or in truth, the gospel is preached. Colossians 2, verses 6 through 8. So then, just as you have received Christ as Lord, continue to live in him, being rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, and overflowing with gratitude. Be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit, based on human tradition, based on the elements of the world, rather than Christ. Number nine, that, more, that one lost soul matters more than your prejudice, or your hatred, or your anger. That one lost soul matters more than your prejudice. Galatians 3.28, there is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, since all are one in Christ Jesus. 1 Timothy 2.3 and 4, this is good and it pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved. Listen, when you put a dividing line up because of the color of somebody's skin, when you put a dividing line up because of the cultural background of, some, of an individual, when you put up a dividing line because of the language they speak or the fact that they come from a different place or whatever it is, when you do not, when you say that God does not love people as much as he loves you because of something in their physical makeup, you are absolutely wrong and you miss the point. A true church of Jesus Christ, a true church, a true local church that is reaching its community in a true way reflects that community, reflects the makeup of that community, reflects the culture of that community. I'm, I'm thankful that we have uh, a church that is becoming multicultural. 
right? We have some Puerto Ricans, which is a good thing because I don't want to be the only one. Right? We have some African-Americans. We have people from different backgrounds. It's important. Why? Because we're a multicultural region. And it's not that we have to go out of our way to reach people of different cultures. It's that we as a church need to be a welcoming environment for people of all cultures. And we do not need to be drawing lines saying, oh, no, well, wait a minute. Your skin tone is darker than mine, so you go to that church. You know, maybe they, maybe they like it here. Maybe they like this place. Maybe they like our style of music. <clears throat> Just like you. So... Let's not put dividing lines up and let's not let our prejudice stand in the way of reaching people for Christ. You know, there was, a, there was a time in this country and there still are people in this country that feel this way, that, that felt that only white people were going to heaven. Seriously. <laughs> ask, ask, a, ask a person of color. They'll tell you. Yeah, it goes right along with those that um, in the old days when... Um, called the Baptist Bride Theory, where only Baptists were going to heaven? Come on, man. Jesus died for everybody. And we need to be awake and open and ready to reach out to anybody and everybody. And shame on us if our prejudice keeps people away from coming to our church. I can't make them get over their prejudice, not their prejudice, I can't make them get over their misgivings if I still have prejudice in my heart. The only way I'm going to help people see that this church truly is welcoming to everybody is if I myself am welcoming to everybody. If I go in, when I'm in the community, I reach out to people. In, in my town, make sure that people that are of a different background and different culture and different colored skin are welcome into my town, right? Yep. Lastly, Number 10, that one lost soul matters more to God than you can imagine. We've talked about a lot of different things. That that one lost soul is more important than, your, than, than what is in your life. But you need to understand that that one lost soul matters more to God than you can imagine. It matters so much to him that he sent his son to die for that one lost soul. My goal and Aaron's goal when we brought Gabriel and Michael into our house, <clears throat> we, we brought them in because we wanted to have a family. We adopted them. Our goal was not to see them overcome their challenges in life. And they're getting there, man. They're, they're doing great. Mm -hmm. Our goal was not to see them become functional and literate adults. Our goal was to let those boys know that they were loved, that they mattered, not only mattered to us, but I, when I pray with those boys every night, I tell them the last thing I say is God's got big plans for you, buddy. I want them to know that not only does mommy and daddy love them more than they can imagine, but God loves them more than they could ever comprehend. And God has a plan for their life. And it starts with them accepting Jesus, and I believe both my boys have now, accepting Jesus as their own personal Savior, and then living that out. It's not important, and eternity will not reflect that I was their father. Eternity will reflect 
that they accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. That's what's important. Folks, eternity will not reflect that you got things done your way. Eternity will not reflect the fact that you lived the way you felt was best. Eternity will, re will reflect and be populated because Christians realized that it's not about me. It's about him and it's about them. It's not about my 99. It's about that one that needs him and that one that he loves more than I could ever imagine or comprehend. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5, 8. He died for us. He died for us all. We're getting ready to, ready to celebrate Easter. The most amazing time to celebrate that we have as Christians. When our salvation, when our rescue was accomplished. Maybe it's time that we reflect on ourselves, on our lives, and on what we have made so important to us that has caused us to lose sight and focus of what is important to God. It's not our 99 it's that one. Would you bow your heads with me in prayer? Father, thank you for the opportunity to be here today. Thank you for those who've come out to worship and, and hear your word. And God, I know it's not an easy message to hear. It wasn't an easy message to preach, Lord. But God, I believe that in our time, in our place in history, it's an important message to hear. That God, you care more for that one than we could ever imagine. And that we have got to get ourselves in line with your desire and your will and your calling on us. Lord, would you give us the courage, the bravery, and the determination to 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 look at our lives and to examine ourselves and to see if we are putting something before our ministry of reconciliation that you've given to each and every one of us. If our 99 has become more important than that one. God, if that's true for any of us, would you break our hearts for your purpose? Would you break our hearts with your passion and would you reset our lives so that we will have a desire to reach people with your message of love and salvation more than we'll desire to have our own way God bless us as we go from this place today may we go forward as worshipers may we go forward as missionaries may we go forward as soldiers serving you, loving others, and sharing your message as much as we can. For it's in your precious and holy name we pray and ask all these things. Amen.
next Sunday, um, 